Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It is a Thursday night in downtown Everett. That means it is time for Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO, Everett's Greatest Hits, Sports and More. Tom Lafferty here, socially distanced from Steve Willits, my co-host on the other side of the glass. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I can, I can barely see you, by the way. I just realized I've got a new chair tonight, apparently. Did you guys no, do I, think it's, I think it's tilted back. Furniture rearranging here? Yeah, I'm barely <laughs> able to see over my screen. I, I'm not tall, Tom, like you. I'm more short Steve, but uh, we're, we're managing and doing well. And I'm surprised you didn't play a, a different song for the theme tonight. You went with the usual. Yeah. What, what, well, it's what, your favorite week of the – well, not usually your favorite week of the year, but your favorite sporting event of the year is on. Oh, I should have. I, fig- I figured you'd be all oh, over that. You're I'll, a major we'll – we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, at some point there. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's kind of a big golf <laughs> tournament going on yeah. this Yep. Next four days. Yep, and you've got you've put together kind of a theme show. It, tonight. it wasn't intended to be a theme show, but it sort of ended up working out that way. Yeah, and that's what happens every so often. It it's got a little bit of a not a little bit a entire father son theme to it. We've got three different sets of guests on tonight, uh, two of which are father son combos that are going to be joining us, and another one is going to going to be a son talking about his late father who was recently inducted into a local hall of fame. There you go. Today's show brought to you by Glass by Lund, Ace Hardware Stores, and Lake Stevens Everett and Stanwood, Everett Safe and Lock, and Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed. Should we get right into it? Well, I guess we can give a quick rundown. We okay. teased it a little bit. Right. but And we should point out, too, just in case somebody's listening and thinking, didn't I just hear that same segment like three weeks ago? Yes and no. Uh, we should point out, we the first set of guests that we're going to have on tonight, we were scheduled to have on three weeks ago. Found out that there was a little bit of a scheduling snafu, if you will, at the last second. So one of them was not able to join us. The other one did. So we thought, well, now that we're, we've are we got a little taste of what this conversation can be, sure. we need to make sure we do it. So we're going to talk to the Stewarts here in just a moment. Uh, Father Mark, which is a guy that we all know fairly well, head coach over at Mariner High School on the football team, uh, was the longtime head coach at Meadowdale. So he definitely has his West Coast ties uh, All-American linebacker at the University of Washington, and I, I mentioned that because that will come into play here in a moment, too. We're going to talk a little bit about various Pac-12 schools here. So uh, Mark's going to be joining us along with his son, Marlon Stewart, and Marlon is the assistant men's basketball coach at Oregon State University. Okay. And I can tell you right now, I've known a few few people who have gone that route and got into basketball coaching at the collegiate level. Not an easy path. Uh, right. Definitely a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and uh, a lot of hard work, and uh, he's managed to, to get through all of it, and he's got himself a Pac-12 gig. So we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Coming up later on in the show, we're going to check in with a gentleman by the name of Mike Conley. Mike's father, Everett, or Ev as he was known, Ev Conley, uh, is a recent 2020, class of 2020, Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame inductee. Oh, by the way, Tom Lafferty, you're also yeah, part thanks. of the 2020 okay. class of... Move on. C- congratulations, <laughs> by the way. I haven't had a chance <laughs> to do that yet this week. So, <laughs> so yeah, one of your fellow uh, classmates for that, Ev Conley. Uh, unfortunately, Ev is the only member, I think, going in this year, or I know is the only member, who has uh, since passed on. Uh, Ev was a boxer out of Everett back in the 40s. Uh, graduated high school, I believe, in 1947 from right down the street here at Everett High. Went over to Washington State University back when boxing was a collegiate sport. And not only did he box over there, he was very good at it. Uh, two-time national champion, 
uh, one, uh, I don't have it, I have it here somewhere, won the trophy that is essentially the equivalent to the boxing Heisman Trophy one year. Uh, had an outstanding career there, then moved back to Snohomish County and ended up working for the YMCA and was the director for Snohomish County for, I think, almost 30 years. So we're going to talk to Mike about his father, uh, about the accomplishment of getting inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame here and all that other uh Everything else that goes along with it. And then finally, the last segment of the show tonight, we're going to talk to the Carson boys. Uh, that would be Brandon Carson, head football coach at Marysville Pilchuck. His son, Dylan, was a sophomore running back for him last year. Had over 1,000 yards rushing as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So we certainly want to talk about the Tommies a little bit. They had an undefeated season in regular season play. And, oh, by the way, um, one of Brandon's former quarterbacks from just a few years ago, right down the road here, Jake Luton. Got his first right. NFL start last week, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, and uh, see what the uh, the thoughts are from the Carsons in terms of being able to have watched Jake play at the high school level, collegiate level, and now in the NFL, and just get their their thoughts on one of their own going to the NFL. Today's show brought to you by the Buzz In Steakhouse, the law office of Russell and Hill, Screen Printing Northwest, and by Hometown Handyman. And here we go. Here we go. The Stewarts joining us right now. Mark, you're back again. You're becoming a bit of a regular. Yes, I am back, and I think I've, I've, I've exhausted everything that I know, so Marlon's going to do most of the Absolutely. <laughs> Before we introduce Marlon, Coach, I want to know if you've ever boxed. You know, <laughs> I did. I did box, and boxing, you know, when I was in, uh, first of all, great music. Um, I was probably <laughs> listening to either Supreme, the Ringo Stars, I was riding my bike to boxing practice in the um, in, like, seventh grade. And I've lasted about a month or two. And, uh, you know, I mean, they loved me because I was tall, I was long, and the guys. And uh, the nice thing is you could box right there at the middle school. Yeah. And so I, you know, so I, I lasted, I, I will say I lasted a month. Did a couple bouts and and thought, like, uh, getting hit in the face is just not for me. You'd rather put on a helmet and be able to put down the shoulder and knock a running yeah, back exactly. or a wide receiver into the next uh, time zone, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can imagine. Well, before we get to Marlon here in a minute, I do need to ask because obviously – you're a University of Washington alum. Marlin is a Washington State University alum. He's coached at Cal. He now coaches at Oregon State. And, oh, by the way, Washington and Oregon State playing football against one another on Saturday. Is it a family divided on these weekends? Because I know who you're rooting for this Saturday. I'm sure Marlin's rooting for the other team. Uh, it, Marlin, maybe I'll just start off by, by asking you, is there a little bit of a trash talk between father and son? And will you guys be texting and, and calling during the football game on Saturday night? Uh, I wouldn't say a, a house divided. I know who I'm rooting for. I know who writes my checks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, um, I obviously grew up, grew up a, a big Husky fan and, and understand the, uh, uh, the love for Husky football and, and appreciate everything about it. But then, you know, when it comes to, to the Apple cup, I know who I'm rooting for, but then when Oregon State's playing anyone, I know who I'm rooting for. So, Well, and I guess uh, I should go off tar- target here for just a moment because uh, we're going to talk about it later on in the show after you guys are done tonight. But uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Jake Luton, who grew up just about 10 miles from where we're at right now. I would imagine you had a chance to watch him a little bit. Any thoughts on him getting his shot in the NFL? Uh, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see that. You know, it's, it's someone when, when – uh, as he stepped in and the plays he started making and, and you kind of saw the turn of the program where you could really see things starting to work and the guys coming together, he was a huge part of that. So, so to see him get his, his chance at that level um, now, you know, it's something you didn't, I mean, to me, I kind of, we're, we're so locked in on our scheduling and figuring everything out with COVID. You see his name pop up on Twitter and then he's starting 
Um, it was really cool to see, you know, and something that everybody's really celebrating around here and, and excited to watch. Oh, definitely a cool experience indeed. And Mark, I should ask you, because we, we talked about it before, obviously you've gone to a lot of Marlins basketball games, uh, whether it, I mean, he's been all over the place, and we'll get to that here in a moment too. A couple of those schools, though, Pac-12 schools, he's been at Oregon State, he's been at Cal, he's been at Washington State. As a father, is it? I mean, have you had a chance to go watch him when they're coaching against the UW, and is that tough for you to sit there and know that, hey, I'm rooting for my son, but at the same time, that's my alma mater over there, and I was such an integral well, part of the uh, the sports program. I, w- I, was, I will say that when Washington State beat the Huskies, it was always nice that my son was over there and he was happy. So Seven times in a row. For, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, and it was. And, and that's what I said, okay. So when, when Washington State went to the Rose Bowl, I, I could say it's okay because Sean McWashington was on the team when I coached him at Garfield. So that's ah. how I got it. That's how I deal with that stuff a little bit. But even better, yeah. I always remember the game. There was a game that uh, that uh, I think when Washington State, when Dick Bennett was there, and they surprised the Huskies, and I and I loved it because it was a uh, it was a surprise. I didn't necessarily love it because I walked out because the Huskies were supposed to win, but Marlon was over there and he was a young manager for the team, and I loved seeing an ESPN and there's Marlon jumping up and down when they it was at the end of the game. So. So it's all, it's been it's been um, um, yeah. When Washington State was interesting, but all the other schools, I'm like no, especially when they're they're paying them. So I'm I'm when I go to I walked like in last year, I had Oregon State stuff on when I because I'm rooting for my son's team. There you go, I Marlon. That's got to make you happy. So. No, one, Dad's yeah, got absolutely. your back through and through. <laughs> yeah. I'd understand either way. I get I get it, <laughs> but no, I, I do appreciate. Oh no, it. yeah, yeah. Cal, once he went to Cal. Washington State, even Washington State, I was so happy that they were winning, and he was he was with with, with Tony Bennett, and I saw the, that uh, that uh, he he loved it, and I enjoyed that they won when they they were when he was that they're beating when Washington State was beating UW, and then uh, yeah, so well, and that's job that's job security too, which is a good thing. Dad, dads always want that for their kids. That and it, heck, it's such a. I guess it's not heck, it anymore. But heck, it's such a, a hard place to play. We need every fan we can get when we get in there. So, <laughs> so, especially that student sections rock. So. And oh, by the way, for us older folks, it's still heck, it. It's all. It's it always will be. <laughs> well, Marlon, tell us a little bit about the journey because it's. I've got to tell you, I um, I work at the Final Four every year. I've been going for the last eight years now at some of the events that surround the Final Four. And what a lot of people don't realize is it, it's more than just a basketball tournament. Uh, one of the, the big things that happens at the Final Four is that it's also where all the coaches in America, pretty much college and high school, and sometimes even at the pro level, get together and they do a lot of conferencing and, and meetings and whatnot. And one, one thing I've noticed, and I've had a chance to meet some of these folks, it's also a place where a lot of people go to try to get noticed, to try, try to get into the coaching world. Um, met a lot of yeah. folks there that have actually flown out on their own dime put themselves up, paid for their airfare, just in the hopes of meeting a college coach so that they can possibly get offered a job as a volunteer coach where they're sleeping on another coach's couch or you know, taking a second job just to make ends meet. It's not an easy road, and you've chosen to go down this path, and you've done very well with it so far. So I guess talk us through the process. You went to Mercer Island High School. Did you know you wanted to become a coach even back in those days, or was it more of a get-to-college kind of – discover what you're you're interested in and go from there it was more get to college and kind of discover what I was into um you know I've always kind of liked sports and ironically I've 
growing up, I liked video games, which is probably probably a detriment to my my actual basketball career, but but helped me get into video, um, which you know I'll get into. But it kind of propelled me into into basketball. But I think while I was in college, I was volunteering, and you know now I think they give stipends to a lot of the managers. But then it was just a you know you get your Russell cotton shorts and cotton shirt, and you go and you show up at five a.m. and guy falls over, you wipe up the sweat, you rebound for him, do the laundry, um, that kind of thing, and just get your foot in the door. And for me, it was a way to be around basketball still. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have the Bennett's there, um, Dick and Tony Bennett. And, you know, they really had an environment and a culture that was easy to fall in love with. And then they had the success and, and uh, you know, while I'm there and, over time, I realized it was something that I was comfortable with. I'd always been around, you know, growing up in a football locker room, whether it was Renton or Garfield, or um, I'd always kind of been around sports. And I really didn't see anything else in college that um, I felt confident in really pursuing. And that was the one thing. And, and the advice you get from every coach that I probably give to a lot of people now is either don't get into it or be willing to work for free um, for a long time and maybe not be able to pay whatever you owe on your credit cards back uh, because that's really the mindset you have to have going into this deal. Uh, but really for me, I was just fortunate to work around the right people. Um, you know, ended up at Cal, um, Travis DeCure, who also played at Mercer Island, wound up going there. And then the people who I did video work for um, as a volunteer at Washington state, um, cause it was kind of going from VHS to DVD to computers. And so they had these new programs from Australia, uh, on the Macs that I was kind of the volunteer guy in the room that knew how to use a computer. So I learned how to use those programs. Um, and so I was able to get a job as a video guy at Cal. Um, and then, so, so playing know, video, playing video games helped you become a coach. See, look, so at, I look. can't tell any of our guys not to play video games. <laughs> so much for me. I can tell them not to play until late in the night and they got to do their homework and, and not be, not be zoned out at practice the next day because of it. But you know, it was something as simple as figuring out those old red, white, and yellow cords in the back of the TV and how to, how to disconnect the TV in a hotel room and hook your VCR up to it. You know, those things actually wound up paying off for me. Um, and that was stuff where I wanted to hook up my, my Xbox and my Sega, you know, and now for now, then I became hooking up film for coaches, you know, and you kind of substitute that stuff in there. Um, so for me, it was just kind of fortunate timing on that. And then, um, you know, I get to Cal and, and I didn't wind up working for Mike Montgomery, you know, who runs another great program, another great culture who does stuff differently. Um, I'm able to learn a ton from him. And then Tony Bennett goes to Virginia and, um, one of the guys on staff was getting married and said, Hey, you know, our guy's leaving. Would you want to come out here kind of jokingly? And, you know, and then I shoot up and moved to Virginia because that's, you know, I think in this profession, you've got to be ready to do that. Uh, it's kind of uproot your life and uh, take advantage of open doors. Um, and then Travis DeCure from Cal winds up going to get the head job at Montana. So I get back closer to home, go to Montana. That's where I get my first assistant job. Um, then spent a year in Hawaii and, um, when I was in Montana, I met Wayne Tinkle, who came to Oregon State, and that's how I ended up here. So it's, you end up bouncing around quite a bit. Um, but for me, I think the path was really I was just fortunate to be around good people, um, you know, and you kind of work as hard as you can and learn as much as you can and try to be around good people. And 
and it either works out or it doesn't. And a lot of it's out of your control, you know? And so that's where I think I'm just, I was fortunate with timing and people. And coach Mark Beck, when you played coach James, right? He had film, actual film going through a projector, <laughs> right? Uh, yes, we did. We had big reels of film. Uh, yep. No, we had, um, how things you, have you, changed. You, yeah. Yeah. You knew how to splice it and, how to cut film and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was a little different. It has changed. It was, uh, you know, it, uh, it's funny when Marlon did the computer thing. I know he asked me about it. I think he went someone summer and, uh, I think that, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I bought the plane ticket or something. He said, I, I that was actually that, that oh, plane great. ticket punched my ticket to Cal actually. Cause that was, there's was about 10 yeah. people in that room. <laughs> And uh, it was me and actually Ronnie Weidman, who's the guy who got married in Virginia, that invited me out there. Um, and then uh, about eight other people. One of the guys, he's Coach K's son-in-law, and he actually works for ESPN now. He's one of the guys on TV during the tournament. And then a couple of the other guys wound up working for Sports Code, which actually just got bought by this company, Huddle. But those are the guys that helped me get my first job. But me being, you, you buying that plane ticket for me to, to the Bay Area to be one of those guys in that room, kind of got me into that inner circle of people with that company. So nice, nice job, dad. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know it was that nice. I didn't figure out something you want to do. You know, I, guess I, I got, I got the money. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm so. curious, Marlon, as you're, when you're a video coordinator, are you able to at that point kind of leverage your situation to sit in on coaches meetings? I mean, obviously you're, you're giving them a, providing them with a service, but you're not getting a chance to be a coach per se. So how did you go ahead and, work that into ultimately becoming a coach? Were you able to extract certain things from what they were doing and were just watching the daily routine? Or what was it that got you to that next level? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing, the crazy thing about college basketball, I think everybody thinks it's a lot of coaching. It's all the other stuff. Um, I mean, it's budgets, it's scheduling, it is academics, it's meetings, it's there's so many different things that go into it. The, the best thing about the video was it allowed me to learn the game of basketball um, because the, they didn't know how to use computers. And so they needed me in the room just to run the computer. Um, usually when something didn't work, you just unplug it and plug it back in, probably like you do at home, yeah. <laughs> or you turn it off and turn it on. Uh, but then they'd ask how you fix it. And I would just always say, you know, uh, if I told you, you wouldn't need me around because it's <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just unplugged it and plugged it back in. Uh, but the, really the value was, you know, you help a coach put together a scouting report um, or, you know, you know, when you're sitting there with Tony Bennett or Dick Bennett or Mike Montgomery, you're able to, for me, I'm able to type the notes onto the screen. So they're, you know, they're giving me their notes to give to the guys with the film. And so you're able to see the game through their eyes, you know, and you do that for a decade. Um, and it really just helps your understanding. And, and really for me, you know, not being able to coach on the floor, it helps your confidence for when you get that opportunity. You know, if I start, I started in 2003, and I think I coached my first practice in 2017 or 16, 2016, I think. You know, so 13 years of not being on the court, it just gives you the confidence to be able to speak and feel like you know what you're talking about. Um, but the value of an assistant was really your buy. It's, it's no different than a player. It's your buy-in your willingness to do thankless jobs, um, someone's ability to, to trust you. I mean, it's, it's like working for any business. Their ability to trust you to get something done, and usually it's something like budgeting or helping someone out with housing or interacting with people on campus. Um, but you got to be willing to do it 
because it's the people doing it at the jobs at the highest level making the most money are the doing the same thing or less than the people who are making either nothing or next to nothing. And so you got to be willing to do it no matter what you're making, you got to love it. Sure. Hey, the one thing that's kind of neat about your program too, and obviously it's, it's fun to hear you and your dad talking to one another. I don't know if you had a chance to hear the interview we did three weeks ago, but it, it was really yeah. nice just to hear how proud he is of you and what you've been able to accomplish. And speaking of family, you, you have a nice family affair thing going on over at Oregon state, because obviously Wayne Tinkle is the head coach and his son was one of your star players there the last couple of years. I know Stephen Thompson, who I used to watch play at Syracuse back in the day, yep. one of your assistant coaches. His two sons have both gone through the program. I think Ethan is still there, correct? Yep, he'll be a senior this year. So so a nice little family connection thing. That's got to be kind of special when you're around that on a daily basis. Yeah, no, it, it really is. It was a big reason why I came. You know, Coach Tinkle is um, he's an elite father, husband, and coach. Um, and because of the structure here, you're really able to see it firsthand because everyone's here, you know, and for me, as I got to know him and saw that was a big factor on why I wanted to be here. Um, you know, and for me, it's something, you know, working with Dick and Tony Bennett, it was really cool to see that interaction and then watch it as Dick retired and Tony took over. Um, and to hear Tony talk about their interactions is when Tony was a player playing for him and, and how it translated to how he, you know, understands how he's got to coach the guys now having played for his dad. Um, and then even at Cal, you know, Mike and John Montgomery were both there. And so watching those interactions and, and still being close with those, those guys, um, you know, it's been something that's been fun and I've been fortunate to be around a lot of families, but it actually everywhere I've been, it's added to the family atmosphere uh, where we've been at and here's, you know, there's the most families actually our eighties um, son is also on the team, Isaac Barnes as a walk on. Uh, so this is really, a departmental deep family here at Oregon State. No, definitely. And one of the other things I did want to ask you about, too, before we let you go tonight, the thing that I thought is great about what you're doing, obviously we live in an era of social platforms and, and social media and things along those lines, and obviously 2020 has been a very difficult year and a challenging year for a number of reasons. I really appreciate the way you've used your platform and, and your celebrity status, if you will, to uh, – to, touch on some issues that are very serious in this country right now. And obviously the black lives matter movement, uh, voter registration has been huge. And I know you've been all over that. Talk a little bit about bit about that and what, in terms of what that means to you personally and how you've been able to get involved. And also I would imagine some of the players appreciate it from the standpoint of being able to look up to you and have you be a role model for them as well. Yeah, it was one of those things that, you know, I think there's a couple of things that no matter what you're doing, you kind of look at, it's like, why don't they teach that in school? Um, and that was one of those things that really, um, Mike Burns, who's a Washington guy, he's at Boise state now. Um, he's close with Eric Reveno and Joe Kennedy, who's at Holy cross. And Mike had called me one day and just said, Hey, you know, we're doing this thing. And, you know, I know you've talked about voting a little bit. Do you want to hop on board? And I said, yeah, because the reality is, is I've voted, but every time I vote, I feel like I'm, I'm taking a test I haven't studied for. Um, and I don't really understand the whole voting process myself. And I was able to learn it. They were able to provide me with resources to give to the, the guys. And, you know, I kind of was, oh, yeah, 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 I know this is great to pass along. And I was, I was looking at it like I was learning myself. And then I was able to turn around and teach our, teach our guys, get them registered. Um, and really our, our goal was to get our entire, every student athlete here uh, registered to vote. I, I, we got definitely above 95% of them. Uh, 
done. And for me, it was just one of those things that we've got to figure out more ways to, to help off the court than just academics and socially. You know, we got to have specific things like that. And I think our next, our next thing to tackle is going to be financially, financial literacy with our players and finding a way that we can um, provide some sort of resource throughout college athletics to teach players how to take their scholarship checks, be able to save money, understand what debt is, how to, you know, make your money, make money and what, you know, the process of buying a home and things like that. Because um, those are things that over the last probably, what is it, 15, 17 years I should have been doing, but I haven't had the time to really figure it out myself. You know, those are things that I didn't know until now. And, and the one nice thing about having these quarantines, the quarantine time is we had time to, to sit and plan. So now we've kind of got plans and structures to be able to implement this stuff with, with players. And hopefully we can pass along to other coaches, other universities, other sports, um, and make a bigger impact. And, and Mark, kids. as a dad, I've got to think this makes you as proud as anything he's doing on the court. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm just saying, like I said, Mark's doing all the talking. I'm just I'm – just, yeah, proud dad here. Listen, <laughs> and, and and one of the things he was doing. See, I'll brag here. Yeah, please do. Kind of cool. I went, I went and was visiting him. He was working on this, and he's doing a Zoom call, and he's on he's on Zoom with 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 Craig Robertson, uh, you know, Michelle Obama's uh, 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 Michelle Obama's brother, and it was yeah. just kind of cool listening to them talk about what they're going to do with the votes, and and yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's. He's a young man. I get to hang out with. That lets me hang out with. Him. That's, that's me bragging. No, it's as well you should. Trust me. I mean, I I was proud just to read about it. And I watched a couple of your videos online, Marlon, of you speaking, and I thought I'm looking forward to talking to this guy. This is these are things that we all should care a little more about right now. So I appreciate you for doing that. Hey, in terms of coaching during a pandemic, uh, obviously we're we're still trying to figure this whole thing out. Just saw that the Ivy League today canceled all of their winter sports. Uh, where are you guys right now in terms of trying to get ready for a season and trying to keep your players motivated and, and trying to work with them under restrictions and certain guidelines? How, how difficult has that been? Well, our doctor, our doctor here is actually on the national committee for COVID. Um, he's the head of the PAC 12. And I think Oregon, especially Benton County where we're at is, is as safe as it gets anywhere in the country. Um, and so we've been really, really fortunate here. Now there's, I mean, obviously there's stuff all around us changing every day and, you know, the, the different waivers and rules and amendments and all these things create quite a crazy day every day as far as like scheduling goes and things like that. And, you know, but the nicest thing here is that we have a safe place where we're getting tested. Our guys are getting tested every day. We're testing twice a week and we can get on the court for two and a half hours a day and play. And I think one of the things that gets overlooked, and actually I talked to my dad about it quite a bit, is the, the mental health piece of all this on kids um you know and how do you create a safe environment where they can participate and do things and have activities but also not spread the virus um and so we're very fortunate to have an environment where we can keep them safe keep them from spreading it to other people um and also still have that two and a half three hours a day uh where we're on the court and it's as good as for us as coaches as <laughs> the players um so hopefully we get to play games you know as of right now everything's looking good obviously the ivy league shut down um but um as long as it's safe you know hopefully we're able to get out there and start competing on the 25th 
No, definitely. I, I got two quick questions for you before we let you go here, too. Number one, just got to know, any any GP sightings around, around campus in the last couple of years? Gary Payton ever um, yeah, making he, it out there? Yeah, he's been in a couple of games, which that was, like, for me, like, I – he was, he was, to me, he was, he's the best. I went to, my dad was fortunate enough to get yeah. into Gary Payton camp when I was younger. And like, Gary Payton's the man <laughs> to me. So I was like, I, I, I fumble my words when I see him. Like, I kind of <laughs> it's like, I get starstruck around. I, I, I could probably see Michael Jordan, LeBron James. I could see anybody, but Gary Payton to me is, he's the man. Well, and uh, you're at Oregon so, State University, so he's really yeah, the man down there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's, he's been a couple games and he's still, you can hear him on the sidelines talking and, um, he's still competitive over there as, as a as a fan. So, and the last question I've got to ask you here is: you guys started off really hot last year, and you actually I should say you were ending your season on a kind of a high note. You were on a little bit of a winning streak there, and things were going well at the Pac-12 tournament when the season shut down. All of a sudden, yep. we're starting to get ready for 2020, 2021, and maybe a little bit of a sore topic. But I got to ask: uh, the, the Pac-12 coaches poll came out today, as I'm sure you've already seen. Uh, they picked yep. you, they picked you guys twelfth out of twelve. Uh, how much motivation is that for you? We're not finishing last. <laughs> so, I, I mean, are you are you guys putting that up on a bulletin board in, in big bold letters and letting the guys run with it? Or no, you know, I mean, we just we, we're going to go keep doing what we do every day. Um, but I've been I've been a part of teams that have been picked a lot worse and finished a whole lot better. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, that stuff doesn't really. I heard that at the end of the day, and I get it. You know, we lose the all-time leading shot blocker and the all-time leading scorer in the history of the school and all that, and they don't know our new guys. But, um, you know, we're not finishing last, so it don't matter. Spoken like a veteran coach right there. Well, hey, again, Marlon, thank you very much for your time. Obviously, we, we've gotten to know your dad over the years, and we certainly hope that he'll continue to be a regular. Although, Mark, we probably won't have you on every three weeks like we just did it during yeah, this stretch. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, it was yeah, great okay. getting a chance to meet you and certainly hoping for, for big things down the road. And who knows, perhaps one day we'll uh, we'll be talking about Mark Stewart's son, the head basketball coach at a uh, Division One program. That would be a, a nice dream to, to see come to fruition someday. And until then, though, uh, best of luck with you at Oregon State, and go, go Beavs, I uh, guess. I appreciate it. No I offense, but I won't that. be rooting to Saturday. But hey, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is great. So there All you right. go. And coach, thank you. Well, oh, thank no, you. Appreciate thank it. you definitely. Oh, they're both. Coaches. They're both coaches. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> right. You say coach do, they we both answer. So, yeah. There you that go. That works. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. Thank you. There you go. Mark Stewart from Mariner and Marlon Stewart from Oregon State. Yeah, two uh, two great guys right there. And like I said, I've had a chance to watch some of Marlon's videos online and very impressed. I want to call him a young man. He's like 35 years old, but yeah. I'm in my 40s, that's, so I guess young. he's young to me, right? Yeah, that's but, young. Yeah, it's, he's impressive what he's been able to accomplish. And knowing Mark the way we do, I'm not surprised. I mean, he com- comes from, from good people. I think this is the first time coming up now that we've ever talked boxing on I our show. I believe you're correct. I don't think we have either, so it's it'll be fun. We're going to do it next. Prep Sports Weekly continues right here on KRKO. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Glass by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. 
Now you can have easy access to Everett's greatest. The songs that are fun to sing along with. And maybe you want to steak dinner. Just download the free KRKO mobile app right now. Sign up or log in on the contest page. And you're automatically entered to win a $50 gift card to the Buzz In Steakhouse. Each Friday morning, Tim Hunter will award a winner. The all-new KRKO mobile app in your phone app store now. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-LAW-0842. Northwest Plus Credit Union has a number for you, 1.99%. You can get a classic Visa or rewards card at Northwest Plus Credit Union with an annual percentage rate of 1.99% for the first nine months. And with no balance transfer fees, that means you can get out from under those high interest credit cards you're currently paying off and enjoy a little financial relief when you really need it. Not that there's a big money spending holiday coming up. 1.99%? I mean, that's less than skim milk. If you could use a low interest credit card, pick up the phone and call or just stop by any of the six north sound locations of northwest plus credit union and start saving money this week okay legal time 1.99 percent introductory rate for nine months from account opening after that standard apr will apply standard apr based on credit history and is subject to change standard rates start at 8.75 percent apr and do not exceed 18 percent apr rates are valid as of 9 1 2020 this apr will vary with a market based on the prime rate and credit union underwriting standards apr stands for annual percentage rate for additional information call 800-456-6481 a hey diddy diddy and a hot cha cha Everett Bone & Joint is now open for business and ready to provide excellent care to our community. COVID-19 has changed how they interact with their patients, but will not change their commitment to providing the Everett community superior and timely orthopedic care. Currently, EBJ is limiting access to patients only. Family members may wait in the car, and all EBJ staff is masked for patient safety. Patients are asked to arrive at the clinic masked and stay masked throughout the visit. For more information, visit EBJProliantSurgeons.com. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Thursday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits here on KRKO. First time, I'm sure, that we've ever talked boxing on the show. Yeah, it's a it's a sport that really has not had any kind of connection to high school sports, in, at least in the state of Washington, for numerous years. But once upon a time, especially back in the early 20th century or even mid-20th century, when it was one of the more popular sports in the world, you bet. It, it was a sport, in fact, that a lot of folks did participate in. And one guy who did it extremely well from around here <clears throat> was Ev Conley, uh, 2020 uh, Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame inductee, as we mentioned earlier, along with Tom Lafferty. 
Uh, and listen to some of these numbers here before we get to, uh, to talking with his son, Mike, here in a moment. Graduated from Everett in 1947, was a two-time college national champion. He won the 1951 John S. LaRoe Trophy, which was uh, given out to the top boxer in the nation, the equivalent to the Heisman Trophy Award. Finished his collegiate career with a 63-3 and record. Amateur career, 256 wins and six losses. He was the Everett Herald Man of the Year in Sports in 1951, inducted into the Washington State University Athletic Hall of Fame in 1984, and then uh, probably something that he was even more proud of, and I know his son's going to talk about here with us in a few moments, was the director and eventually the executive director of the YMCA's of Snohomish County from 1956 to 1985. Uh, Ev Conley, definitely somebody who deserves to be in a Hall of Fame in Snohomish County, not only for his accomplishments in the ring, but also out of it. And now joining us, his son, Mike Conley. Mike, thank you very much for coming on with us tonight to talk about uh, a man who was very special and somebody that was meant a lot to your life. Yeah, well, thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, just hearing those things, your dad's accomplishments. I mean, I, I've got to think even looking back on it years later, and, and certainly I don't know exactly when you were born, but I'm guessing you missed the boxing era. <laughs> uh just, just to hear and, and, and to go through those things again and have him be recognized in the year 2020 must be kind of neat for you and the family. Yeah, it was really unexpected, too. Uh, you know, there's probably not a lot of boxing fans uh, uh, still around from uh, when my dad was fighting in the, from the mid-40s to the early 50s. I guess that would make him in their 90s, early 100s, uh, years of age now if they, uh, if they were. But uh, So he was kind of uh, maybe a forgotten guy around here for a little bit, and as uh, fate would have it, uh, one of the members of the uh, Athletic uh, Hall of Fame, the Snohomish Athletic Hall of Fame uh, uh, Selection Committee, was a, a guy that I went to grade school with and hadn't spoke to in almost 50 years. And oh, no I, kidding. I, the name came up, and he says, wait a minute, I know, I know his son. Let me get some more information, and that's how it started. Yeah, Greg Riley. Uh, and uh, so without Greg uh, kind of uh, you know, doing the research and doing the work, doing the heavy lifting, uh, uh, probably would have gone unnoticed in Snohomish County, so uh, very appreciative to Greg. No, absolutely. And, and when you look at it, and I was thinking about this today, one of the things I didn't mention a minute ago, by the way, was that, and I believe it was 2005, the Everett Herald came out with their top 50 all-time ath- athletes from Snohomish County. Your dad was listed at number 26, which in one regard you think, well, that's kind of neat, but I'm looking at it here going, he won two national championships in an individual sport at the collegiate level, I feel like there's probably not 25 people ahead of him there on that list. So, well, you know, I think I think you mentioned it that uh, uh, certainly uh, amateur boxing is is has uh, uh, declined in its popularity. I think uh, largely because of UFC, it's kind of taken the spotlight away from that sport. And and collegiate boxing was actually uh, abolished in 1960. So, uh, just a lot of people just don't know about what's going on. But I think I think my dad still has the distinction of. Uh, maybe being Washington State's only athlete to ever win his or her sport's highest individual award. Wow, I never thought about it like that. You yeah. might, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, we don't have a Washington Heisman, so... Yeah, we don't have a Heisman or a Wooden winner, something like that. But uh, So that's... that's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, uh, I'm very proud of that. So did you ever step in the ring? Uh, yeah. I, in fact, I got, I'm in the advertising business now, and that's how I started in the advertising business. I, uh, I sold the, uh, the space on the bottom of my shoes... Because uh, at some point I, they, I was going to be laying down and and uh, and they're going to see the message of the billboards. They're small billboards. Yeah, I, I had a little boxing career, but they pales in comparison to my father's. Well, and did now growing up, did you know much about your dad's boxing career? I mean, was he the type of guy that would? I mean, obviously the the trophy was probably in the house somewhere. And I know you. I think you have the trophy now. But was it talked about much? Was it something that dad pulled out and brought to everybody's attention? Or not? Was it- not at all. In fact, he was the most unassuming guy. If uh, 
you'd be the least likely. If you got on uh, What's My Line, uh, nobody would ever guess <laughs> this guy was a fighter. Uh, something he never talked about. Very humble guy. Um, uh, his closest friends knew, but it was never something he talked about. So in terms of his collegiate career, I mean, are there 8 millimeter tapes out there somewhere or anything like that? I mean, have you had a chance to, to watch any of his, his boxing That's matches? Que- That's a great question. I actually... I, uh, um, his coach was a guy named Mike Dieter, who was uh, kind of the um, oh, the John Wooden of of, uh, of boxing. He, uh, uh, Washington State not only had a boxing program, but they were a national powerhouse. They've uh, uh, I think there's ten or eleven national champions uh, that, that went to Washington State. And when I was teaching, I taught, I taught all the boxing classes from uh, at Washington State from '76 to '80 as a student. And um, uh, Ike Dieter came in once and, and videotaped me, and then and then. Uh, well, Put up a eight millimeter uh, uh, tape of my father, and, and we got to watch him side by side. That was kind of fun to watch. Oh, nice! So, was so you... there are there are some at Washington State. I don't have any, but there are there are in the archives of Washington State University. So now, I mean, fill us in a little bit because again, it's before our time. So back in the day, are we talking about a sport where when Washington would Washington State would maybe take on other schools from what was then probably the Pac eight? Would would they get large crowds? I mean, was this something that would take place at the bo- uh, basketball arenas? At each yeah, school, or? you're exactly right. Uh, Bowler Gym in uh, in Pullman yeah. would uh, would uh, uh, would absolutely be filled to the rafters. They get bigger crowds than the basketball team ever did uh, back in those days. And, and you're exactly right. There were usually head-to-head matches where Washington State would fight Gonzaga or Fresno State. But then there was national uh, tournaments and and uh, regional tournaments like the Pacific Coast Championship. My dad won that three times. Uh, and uh, the national champion would be someplace else. Gonzaga was also a very big uh, boxing powerhouse back in those days. Everett, Everett uh, itself, uh, for you know, forty, fifty years, was kind of a hotbed of boxing. We had, you know, my dad came out of here, and Pete Rademacher won a gold medal. Um, I think he's in the Hall of Fame, I believe. Uh, fought, uh, Floyd Patterson for the title, and then later on, the uh, uh, in my era, you know, uh, Brett Summers, who's a yep. Hall of Famer, yeah. Robert yep. Shannon, yep. Joey Balins. There's been a lot of great fighters come out of Everett. I think Rad- didn't Rademacher fight uh, Patterson here in Seattle? Yeah, I think he was. In fact, I think he knocked him down. Yeah, I believe you're right there. Okay, yeah, yeah that's def- a great point. So, how did your dad get involved with with boxing? Was it? I mean, obviously, like you said, it was a pretty prominent sport in the in in and around Everett back in the day. So, was that something that he just fell into? Was it something? Yeah, that- you know what? I'd love I'd love to be able to tell you a story about how uh, you know, how boxing saved him from the mean streets of Everett, and, <laughs> and uh, you know he was in gangs and and uh, abuse drugs and all those kind of things, but. Uh, Candidly got into boxing with his older brother, Harold, who uh, was tired of fighting uh, his battles for him. My dad was getting beat up a lot, and it was a difficult thing for my brother, my, his brother to, to deal with because I, I don't know how you deal with him getting beat up by girls. <laughs> so he said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, we're going to teach you how to defend yourself. Yeah. And uh, took him to a boxing uh, gym, and, and uh, he took to the sport like a fish to water. And the rest is sort of history, if you will. Yeah. So where is... And certainly not a sport he was was seeking out to participate in. Was it something that he participated in after he was done boxing? I mean, obviously you got into it, so I would imagine he was there to help guide you and to coach you a little bit. Was he well, still working with yeah. kids in boxing, or it was it was hard being a kid in Everett with boxing programs around and uh, having the last name Conley and not being a boxer? So I almost <laughs> had to do it a, a little bit. But no, he. Uh, you know, after he won he won the John S. Leroux Trophy and then and uh, his second national championship as a junior. And at, at that point, uh, about the only thing that was left to do was the Olympics. And, and uh, uh, unfortunately, he had a, uh, uh, his appendix actually blew up in an airplane on the way to the trials. So he didn't get to, uh, didn't get to find the 52 Olympics where 
he was an overwhelming favorite to win a gold medal. So did but that? That end? was that was that was a fitting end to his career. I was that just going to ask right you, did there. that end the career, or did it? it was did, he... it, that did end his career. He uh, he didn't go right into right to Washington State out of high school. He was out of uh, school for a year or so, uh, working in a cannery in, in in California. Decided that education was the way to go. Ike Dieter never stopped pestering him about a scholarship and coming up to fight, and uh, so he finally uh, jumped on the op- uh, on the opportunity. Came to Washington State, and and uh, by the time 1952 rolled around, and he had to make a lower weight at 132 instead of 135. I think he was spent. He, you know, you win a Heisman, you win the equivalent of a Heisman in boxing and an undefeated season, a national championship, and you get everybody's best. Every, everybody you climb in the ring to was looking to, he was given a little bit extra. And, and he didn't have a lot to give left. No so, talk of going pro at that point? or Oh, no. He, he, uh, he, he was never that fond of the sport. It was a way for him to get an education. Def- and, and he, he definitely just was, utilized he was that. just gifted. Yeah. Yeah, just... Talk about talk about post boxing for him. Obviously, he ends up at uh, ends up here in Snohomish County and ends up working for the YMCA and did a lot of wonderful things there. Yeah, he spent uh, stint in the, uh, in the in the army. Uh, came back, uh, finished up his uh, his college in '56, and, and then uh, went to, got married and, and uh, went to work at the Everett YMCA and was there for for 30 years. You know, my dad has been in, inducted and in, in recognized in a lot of things. You mentioned the Washington State uh, Athletic Hall of Fame. He's as his career has been uh, chronicalized in, in uh, the um, the uh, book called the uh, the Six Minute Fraternity, which is kind of a history of collegiate boxing in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he's in boxing halls of fame, but if he were alive today, the Snohomish County Hall of Fame would be the one that would be the most important to him because he gave his entire life to the community. Absolutely. What was he most fond of in terms of what he was able to accomplish with the YMCA? Just working with the kids. He uh, um, had a passion for for. Uh, uh, teaching kids sportsmanship and the importance of athletics and and how you uh, you, you build teams and and uh, character and integrity and and all the things that come with athletics and with in, in youth and uh, both with men you know with boys and girls um, and and spend his entire life uh, till his uh, way to uh, to untimely death in 1985. And I also noticed that he was uh, one time president of both the Kiwanis and the Lions Club, <clears throat> so obviously civic duty was something that was very important to him. Yeah, he didn't. That, he didn't do that simultaneously. That would have been a feat greater than maybe the boxing. But, but yeah, he, either uh, either was, one that was impressive, right? <laughs> so the fact that he did both. And when he wasn't uh, serving on uh, in the Kiwanis Club and the Lions Club, he was speaking at the Rotary Club or or uh, or other clubs uh, in his role at the, as uh, executive director of the YMCA. My dad was uh, uh, very instrumental in all the expansions. In fact, my, my I think my membership number of the Marysville YMCA is 0001 because <laughs> he opened that one and then Snohomish and uh, Lake Stevens and, and uh, you know, all the, all the YMCAs you now see in Snohomish County were, uh, were kind of born with uh, my, my dad. Indeed. And we should point out you're a Mariner graduate, is that correct? Yeah, Mariner High, 1976. So Go Mar- Marauders. Go Marauders. There you go. We just had the Marauder football coach on before that. And I know you played yeah. a little golf there as well, so you certainly have ties to the area. Uh, can we expect to see you and some other family members at the the banquet next year for, for your dad's induction? Is that the plan right now? God willing, I wouldn't miss this for anything. And what about other family members? Are they, I, I yeah. don't know, siblings, things yeah. along those lines? My, my, my wife, Julie, will be there. I assume my daughter, Ashley, will be there. And, and we have uh, lots of friends. I expect some are listening right now that will uh, we'll be filling up some uh, some tables. And, Tom, congratulations to you, too, on your induction in the same Hall of Fame class. Thank you. Thank you very much. Indeed. Well, hey, uh, Mike, thank you very much for your time tonight. And, again, I, we're, 
glad that we can provide this platform to talk about your dad a little bit. Certainly somebody who deserves to not go unnoticed and did so many wonderful things in the ring and out and hoping to, uh, to get a chance to meet all of you guys in September of 2021 if everything works out. And I'm certainly wishing you all the best in between now and then, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about him that night. Been my pleasure, my honor. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That is Mike Conley, the son of Ev Conley, who's going into the Somish County Sports Hall of Fame. There we go. We've and again, boxing. I sound like a broken record, but I truly do mean this. That's what I appreciate the most about this Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. Not just that Tom Lafferty, my my <laughs> friend and co-host, is going in, but the fact I'm, that I'm just the guy that knew how to set up the gear. No, <laughs> he did a little more than that, but no, but just the fact that we get to. I mean, I would have never known about Ev Conley. I mean, other, sure. otherwise. So oh, the yeah. fact that we're still. You know, and as much as I kind of consider myself to be a little bit of a sports historian around here, those are people that aren't even on my radar until things like the Hall of Fame come out. So, right. and, and why would he not be? Like, I mean, the thing I never even thought about until Mike mentioned it, and it may or may not be true, we'd have to go through and, and look at various sports, but he may, in fact, be the only Washingtonian to ever be awarded his sports top honor, individual honor on any given year. That's impressive. I mean, definitely somebody that should be in that Hall of Fame. Very cool. So, Mike Conley, thanks for being on the show. And now we're going to switch to football. Marysville Pilchuck football. The Tommies. The the Carsons. We're going to talk to Brandon. We're going to talk to Dylan. We'll talk about their football team present, also past, and maybe even sneak a little Jake Luton conversation in. That's coming up next. Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Are the kids in all this sheltering in place stuff driving you crazy? Well, good news. The Buzz Inn is open again for dine-in. The whole family loves the Buzz Inn, and once again, you can dine-in. Choose from hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. And as always, the Buzz Inn is taking extra care to ensure the safety of their employees and their guests. So pack the whole family in the car and get out of the house and into the Buzz Inn. That is unless you want to cook at home some more. Very funny. The Buzz Inn Steakhouse. Always a great deal on a great meal. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! 
For nearly 50 years, Everett Safe and Lock has serviced the security needs of Snohomish County and surrounding areas, and they are also a proud supporter of prep sports. They know that boys and girls that take part in prep sports work hard to make themselves and their teammates better athletes, and even more importantly, better citizens too. Sports, they help build character and help them to be properly prepared for a brighter future. Everett Safe and Lock wishes all the athletes the best this season, and for all of your commercial, industrial, financial, and residential needs, see them, the trusted pros since 1970 on Evergreen Way and online at EverettSafeAndLock.com. I'm attorney Matt Russell. And I'm attorney Jim Hill. And we've been helping the people of Snohomish County with their injury claims for nearly 20 years. We want to keep doing a great job representing people while still being mindful of the health and safety of our employees and clients. That's why we've worked hard to set up our law office so that we can handle your injury case electronically. There's no need to come to our office. All paperwork and conversations can be handled from the comfort and safety of your own home. So if you've been in an auto accident or need help with any injury claim, call us at 1-800-LAW-0842 and we can start helping you today. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Thursday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Okay, we've talked basketball. Check. And we've talked boxing. First time ever. First time ever. Let's talk some. Well, we we high talked a football. little bit of football. We did have Mark Stewart on, but that that doesn't really count, does it? We that didn't really count. We weren't. We didn't care about him. No, we, care. we, we, we cared don't about Marlon. I wouldn't put it quite that way, but <laughs> well, yeah, not, not tonight. He knew he was taking a backseat to his son, but uh, now we've got two gentlemen who will we will be talking a lot of football with here for the next few minutes. Brandon and Dylan Carson, head coach at Marysville Pilchuck. And son, who is one of his key star players over there for the Tommies, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, and Brandon, I guess we're going to give you the first word here because you know we wanted to talk about this, and it, it wasn't any by mistake that we we got you this week. We kind of targeted you because of this very reason. Jake L- Luton getting his first ever start last Sunday in the NFL. How cool was that? Uh, that, that was really cool. It was so much fun to watch. I'm so proud of him. He, he did such a great job. Um, you know, I, you know, I think going forward, you know, he's going to play a lot of quarterback in the NFL. Uh, 26 for 38, so a good uh, completion percentage there, 304 yards. He threw a pick, but second pro, uh, pro pass ever, 76-yard touchdown pass. He also had a rushing touchdown late in the game. Uh, j- just the way you taught him, right? <laughs> I wish I could say yes, <laughs> but no. No, the, the kid was, was born with a cannon for a right arm, and, you know, the the good Lord gifted him with you know six seven in height, but um, you know he he's a fabulous kid. He's one of my favorite tomahawks all the time. So two years ago, did you ever see that happening? Absolutely. Did you really? Uh, absolutely. E- even yeah. After he got hurt. Well, well, once he got healthy. Um, okay. You know, I think he got hurt like three years ago. But okay, once he right. got healthy, I, I, mis- thought, I, I thought, misjudged. <laughs> I thought for sure because he, you know, he has all the intangibles, the, the height. The rocket right arm. Um, I, I think he has the demeanor to play the position. You know, he has. I, I think he has all those things. You know, and um, you know his college career went from Idaho, took a chance on himself, went to community college, then went to Oregon State. Unfortunately, had that uh, that scary injury. Got an extra year, which helped him, and had a great year last year at Oregon State. And then, obviously, we saw what he did. You know, Sunday, and um, you know it. it it, I'm I'm happy for him, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Now, how much of the game did you get to watch? Because obviously, it wasn't on TV around here. So, did you did you manage to find a way to to, to view a little bit of it, or were you watching I, mostly highlights? I, or? I, did, 
I did. You know, I, I tried to get my, you know, NFL red zone package and I was following it on online. And so, you know, they cut away to the good stuff. And, you know, I, I was able to watch, you know, majority of it, which was fun. And now we should mention, too, his his brother Jace is still on your team. Matter of fact, might be battling for a quarterback spot there next year or this year. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to the Lutons at all over the last couple of weeks or during the NFL I, season? Or No, I haven't. You know, I, I, I talked to Jake a little bit when they went to training camp and said, hey, good luck, hope everything's going well. And, you know, he, you know it's, a, it's a business now. This is his job. They're busy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're busy, and he's the starting quarterback now, and he's trying to win a game. Well, and I read an article, I think, just a few days ago where the I know that most of the family had a chance to fly down to Jacksonville to watch the game. I know Jace was down there and a few others, so very cool experience for them. And now we should bring on your son here really quick to uh, to talk a little bit because we haven't done that yet. Dylan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Excellent. Uh, thank you for coming on with us. And I guess before we start talking about your career, we should give you an ch- opportunity here as well. Uh, I'm guessing what? Late elementary school, early middle school, when when Jake was quarterbacking those Tommy teams, were you? I would imagine you were down on the sideline with Dad at some point there. So was that a pretty big deal for you too? Oh yeah, it was fun. You know, being a ball boy, watching him every Friday night was really fun. Then you know his little brother Jace, we've been good friends since first grade, so we we had that bond. Then you know, this past season, you know when he was in the off season, I was training with him and his little brother Jace for a solid two three months. So. You know, I've gotten really close with him, and it's nice to see him succeed as well. He's got that cannon for an arm. Did you ever dislocate any fingers or anything while you were helping him train, or was everything okay? I, I, I could tell you my hands were pretty sore after every session <laughs> we had. Well, it's a good way to get you ready for the uh, your, your junior campaign, right? Exactly. Well, hey, let's talk a little bit about your sophomore season because obviously the, the Tommies going undefeated in Wesco play, and not only did you go undefeated, I think you – had a, a point differential of average wise of 30 points more than your opponents during conference play. Really big year for you and your teammates coming in there as a sophomore. And you, you knew Jojo was coming back, Jordan Justice, who was uh, an all West Coast running back. Did you expect to get much playing time knowing that, hey, I'm, I'm kind of the young guy on the totem pole here. I've got to work my way up. Or did, did you kind of know going in that, hey, I might get a shot to do some things here? No, I, I had, I had a good belief that I had, I had a chance of, you know, getting some good playing time. But, you know, that wasn't my intention coming into sophomore year. My intention was just, you know, being on a good team because, you know, before freshman year uh, they went 2-8, and eight, then freshman year they were 7-3. and three. So it, I, I felt I had a great chance of being part of that and not so much being a starting, starting running back, but just being a part of that team was something special for me. Well, and Brandon, what was your thought going into that? Because I mean, I, I say this half jokingly, but a little bit seriously. You know where I'm coming from here. But when you're coaching your own son, and your son's a sophomore, and you've got this team that's stacked with talent, I, I'm sure in, in one regard you're thinking, okay, well, if my kid starts playing too quickly right away, everybody's going to look at me like <laughs> it's my kid in there. But once he goes out and rushes for a thousand yards, everybody gets it, right? So, what was your thought going into the sophomore season for Dylan? What were your expectations for your your own son? Well, well you know what he. He earned it. You know, Absolutely, it he did. Because, yeah. You know, he, he earned it. He, he works hard in the weight room. He did all the things in the offseason. And, you know, unfortunately in the spring, you know, we had a had a kid that we thought would compete with Dylan for the fullback job, go down and tear up his knee and not be able to play. And then we went to camp and, you know, he held his own there. And, and he kind of held the position throughout. And, right, you know, after the first week we went, you know, we kind of know who our fullback is. And, you know, he, he was very consistent throughout the year. Um, so, you know, we're, he, like I said, he, he earned it. It wasn't, it 
wasn't given to him because I'm his dad. He, <laughs> he earned the spot. No, absolutely. Yeah, we got to watch him firsthand rush for a couple hundred yards one game and get player of the <laughs> game, so he definitely earned it. Uh, Dylan, did you have kind of that aha moment where, you know, maybe it was during the first game of the season, maybe it was further on down the road where something happened or something took place in a game where you, you ripped off a big play and all of a sudden you kind of realized that, hey, I'm only a sophomore, but I, I belong here. This is this – is, you know, the, things start to slow down and it, and it gets easier for you. Did you have one of those moments last year? Um, yeah, I had a few. I, I'd probably start with the first game, you know, probably third or fourth carry I got. I got popped pretty hard, saw, saw the stars, and I was like, whoa, you know, th- this is a different <laughs> It's not freshman ball home. anymore, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's not freshman ball at all. Not playing with some measly 100-pound kid. You know, we got some serious players. But definitely my confidence went up that Ferndale game when, you know, we we were battling in the first half, then I ripped off an 80-yard and a 60-yard touchdown back-to-back. And I was like, you know, I, I have a potential to be good. And, you know, it, it added on that all-star team was astonishingly good. So, it, you know, that, that was probably a big moment for me. And, Brandon, I think I've asked you a similar question in the past, but I'm going to do it again here. Is it difficult for you at times in the moment when you're watching Dylan run down the sideline for 80 yards? I mean, are you constantly thinking, okay, that's number five on my football team? Or do you at times look and go, that's my kid out there. This is pretty cool. I mean, do you, do you have a chance in the moment to kind of enjoy it and to take it in? Not not really. You know, I, I was really worried going into the year that I might be, you know, just sitting there watching him. But – it's still, you know, on Friday nights, you get the juices flowing. You're still coaching. You know, I still watch the same things. Um, I'm not focused on one guy. That Nothing has changed. And it helps that, you know, last year he didn't play defense, and that's kind of the primary, you know, you know area where I focus. Um, so, you know, in, you know we're, I'm st- I still coach the same way I did before he played for us. So, um, you know, I think what's different is, you know, maybe on the weekends when we watch the huddle film, I actually, you know, sit there and watch him. Um you know, so that that that'd be the only difference. So Dylan, does does mom watch the game differently now? Oh, she's a, <laughs> she's oh, been going yeah, to these MP games a, for a while, right? So yeah, but she she's just always cracking jokes to me. Oh, I'm so worried about you, but you know, she she's starting to break into the mold and understand that I'll be just fine. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about this team overall too. We already mentioned the successes you guys had last year. Uh, Coach, I know you had quite a few seniors that were very strong, that uh, very capable hands last year. We already mentioned JoJo a little bit, and I know Dylan Cook, uh, Jake Elwood, Justin Albee, to name a few others. Uh, but you've got some guys coming back too, don't you? Yeah, we do. You know, we had, like you said, we we had a great senior class. It's one of the better ones I've ever had. They're just a bunch of good people, good football players. But you know, like we had we had a handful of sophomores have to step in and and. and play for us last year because our junior or this year's senior class it's it's not very big um numbers wise you know so um you know i think nate elwood is is a key player i I think caleb potts i think uh jordan velasquez um just to name a few that started for us last year as sophomores blake jones started for us as a sophomore i think those guys are are um going to be real good uh jay gray was a starting running back for us last year as a junior i think he's got a chance to do some special things so if we could ever get this season going i'm just kind of excited to see where where it it would take us um we we lost a lot of guys but you know we had some young guys play and you know kids seem to make a, a big jump from their sophomore to their junior year physically and mentally 
And Dylan, for you, this was right about the time last year when we were looking at playoff football. And this might—I don't—I haven't looked at the calendar. It might have been the Prairie Weekend. It might have been the Lincoln Weekend. But at any rate, you were—you were busy playing football. And now we're sitting here watching and waiting and keeping our fingers crossed. How, how difficult has it been for you and your teammates? And how much do you guys still get a chance to communicate with one another? You know, it's been pretty tough. You know, walking into summer thinking, you know, you could still play in the fall. Then last. At the last moment, they say, "Oh, we're pushing it back." That, that that was pretty tough because you know high school high school is such an important part of, of our life and our culture within you know the U.S. And it, it's it's just kind of tough seeing you know college and professional football playing without you playing on Friday nights. You know, you know usually, hey, I would be you know I'd be on under the lights play, playing some ball, but you know. It's it's tough, but you know I'm I'm starting to get used to it, and I think it'll it'll, it'll be a nice adjustment because I I much rather play than than ever. But you know, with our team, we're still uh, we're still together. You know, I'm, I'm friends with a large portion of them, and starting from last week, we've been working out two days a week, so I I get to see them, and it's really nice. Well, and coach, but there is an understanding, I'm guessing, when. Alabama and LSU are not playing this weekend. <laughs> yeah, there there is a little bit of understanding, and, and yeah, it's tough stuff to sit through because you see, you know, almost eighty percent of America playing high school football. Like, you know, we should be able to figure this out soon. So, right, and, and who who knows what the future holds? You know, I you know this week they said you know they got a vaccine that seems to work. So, uh, you just you, you don't know. Um, I'm just hoping that we could get you know. You know, a few games. In. I, I you know, we'll take five or six. I, I don't even care about playoffs. I just want to get some games in for these guys, especially for the senior class. Um, you know, they, they deserve some games. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We will indeed. So we should mention that football scheduled to be played in the spring this year, fingers crossed. And it sounds like the Tommies are still doing what they can to stay prepared. And I've got to thank Coach, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I'm sure you've been communicating with your coaching staff via Zoom and other things. And it sounds like you guys will be ready to go if the uh, the opportunity arises. I, I, so I, I hope we can you know talk here pretty soon, like February, March, and be talking about some big game we're supposed to be doing the next night instead of well, here we are in November. Usually we're talking about playoffs or something. And yeah. we're, we're just hoping for a season. Well, there we go. So, Coach, we hope to see you uh, come springtime. And, Dylan, who knows, maybe we'll have another uh, player of the game shirt waiting for you. I know you had to wait on that last one. We didn't have the right size that night. But we finally got it oh, to you, yeah. and hopefully we can add to your collection here in the future as well. So thank you guys both for coming on with us tonight. You oh, bet. Yeah, thank sure. you. Okay, there you go. Brandon Carson, head coach at Marysville Pilchuck, and Dylan Carson, his running back. The Masters. Pilchuk. There it is. The Masters. I knew I knew you wouldn't disappoint. A tradition that unlike any other. <laughs> the Azale- the Azaleas aren't blooming there. there there's no and there's no patrons either. No, there, it's a lot a lot of changes, but it's still the same golf course, and I'm sure the uh, the players are still appreciating it. So, so who did we have on the show tonight? <laughs> I'm getting used to this music still here. <laughs> on the show tonight, Tom. Yes. We had the Stewarts. Mark Stewart, the head football coach over at Mariner High School, along with his son Marlon, who is a, an assistant uh, men's basketball coach at Oregon State University. We then talked to Mike Conley, son of Ev Conley, 
great boxer from Snohomish County who was just inducted into the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. Two-time national champion, I might add. Hey, there's the music I recognize. <laughs> and then finally, last but certainly not least, we just talked to the Carsons. Brandon, the head coach at Marysville Pilchuck. Son Dylan, one of his key players, hoping to get back out on the field this spring. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed. Everett's safe and locked. Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood. Glass by Lund, the hometown handyman. Screen Printing Northwest, Law Office of Russell and Hill, and by the Buzz In Steakhouse. You've kind of got a few things planned up your sleeve for next We've week. We've got a few things going, yeah. We're, we're going to have another inductee into the 2020 Sports Hall of Fame. Not your, You obviously will be here, but another inductee also, so we, we'll be talking to them. Stay tuned. Also, I think we're going to start talking a little basketball. We've got a local basketball player in her assistant coach who used to be on this radio show, hint, hint. So uh, we'll be talking to them as well next week, and stay tuned for more. For Steve Willis, I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO. Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell did slowly go by. Them on your dreams The one they fix The one you know by Don't you ever ask them why If they told you you would cry So just look at them and sigh And know they love you
Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young teach your children. Songs that can help you escape. A calm in the middle of a storm. K-R-K-O.